Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, Derek, and you're listening to Drew Release. <laughs> Did y'all ever notice how my name <laughs> rhymes with the No, the title only you would show? notice that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Woo! Ashley, when the heck are we this week? It's the middle of March, 2002. We just got back from spring break and somehow Drew's paler. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, maybe because someone decided to go to Dayton, Ohio, instead of Daytona, Florida, a very common spring break destination, not, you know, the I middle. get it now. Yeah, <laughs> not the Midwest. We messed um, up the tickets. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was definitely cheaper and, uh, had a nice road trip. So yeah. But you know, who likes the sun anyway? We're trying to preserve our skin for ever. We're old age. So yeah, spring break is over. What else is happening? Well, is it legal for us to fill out March Madness brackets? Oh yeah. Well, oh, can we? It's anything's legal. It's just, you know, we have to live by our own time travelers code. And we haven't okay. fully, aside from all the weird uh uh, DeLorean purchases and <laughs> and extreme, yeah, leather wardrobe that Derek has accumulated. I mean, he says he's getting it all above board, but maybe he's doing a little lottery manipulation or something. So I think, yeah. uh, you know, winning a March Madness pool, there's worse offenses. So yeah, let's okay. go for it. Let's give it a whirl. Um, anyway, we know everyone is dying to find out what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, <laughs> don't we? Fuck yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah. WrestleMania 18 was on this week. <laughs> <laughs> Derek oh, went, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were going to quiz Derek, but um, on Roman numerals. So WrestleMania is so 18 important <laughs> that it uses Roman numerals instead of just saying 18. So yeah, WrestleMania 18. Let's listen to uh, a clip. We have a new undisputed champion. The road to WrestleMania ends each year on this grand stage. Oh, for dang. Triple H, wow. WrestleMania 18 was the end of a very long and very painful journey back to where he belonged. It was on this night that this man personified superstar and fulfilled a reality that few would dare even dream of. Ooh. Triple H. Triple H H H beats Chris Jericho for the undisputed WWF heavyweight title. Derek, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, That's did you game. watch beyond kind of your young uh preteen or early teens? Like when it was when nah. the next the next generation Undertaker was very popular. I had a friend that watched it, so I kind of had to watch it with him yeah. and we would jump on the trampoline and he'd always take me out with like wrestling like moves and shit it was very annoying yeah <laughs> triple h did kind of did kind of like a suplexy thing i think um in this match he uh elbow drops or suplexes he knocks out his uh wife that he is stephanie mcmahon that he's <laughs> oh. <laughs> gonna be divorcing soon uh in real Makes life sense. so yeah anyway Pretty eventful WrestleMania. I was a huge fan of the NWO, Big Sexy, 
the Generation X Sting when he turned and and would come oh, out of the rafters right. and and join the dark side. So yeah, I I was a fan of Hogan, but then lasted until like I don't know sixteen or something. Still watching it. So right was around Ma- this time, actually, was Macho Man the same time as Hulk Hogan? Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, and this this that's like early '90s, and then you know, like later '90s is when uh, this this generation comes in. Uh, gotcha. So, anyway, um, enough about the world of wrestling. Ashley, what is showing at the Cineplex this week? Well, there's this wrestling movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a Dennis Quaid baseball movie where he tries to break into the majors in his mid 30s as a very old rookie. Eh. Watch it opposed to like that movie Rookie of the Year, where it's about a kid who's he breaks his arm and then pitches. <laughs> so in the it's majors. Rookie of the 50th Year, no, it's ironic, 30s. yeah, 30th year. ironic use of, of rookie. That if it was if it was Rookie of the Year, I would say let's go for sure. But since it's uh yeah. kind of an old, stodgy baseball movie, uh, do you have anything else for us? Um, we have a movie by the director of Seven. That Ooh. captures one of the biggest, latest trends in home renovation. <laughs> this is also the director of Fight Club. I should have put for and the oh, game. Really? That probably wow. resonates more. Social Network, but that hasn't come out yet. So. Do you remember the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. So, also that director. Um, do you want to know what the poster looks like? Yeah. Yeah. And so what's it, this trend? I mean, we're all looking at it at <laughs> oh, the same time, a, but it's a panic room. <laughs> oh, Ooh, <okay>. trendy. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's interesting because the poster, I thought they would be like in the room, like hovering together, like her, her, Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart. But it's her like sleep, kind of sleeping with her eyes open a little bit. And then there's a creature in the back, a mysterious figure. And it kind of looks like ho- like a Halloween poster. It's very dark. Like, yeah. I mean, in so. like the movie and uh, is as well it's it's kind of like an atmospheric yeah it looks like a horror movie poster so i'm i'm certainly in Derek. yeah i want to watch it yeah i'm down uh young Kristen stewart no weird weirdness uh when she's of age i i love her (laughs) (laughs) there was no weirdness until you said that well she's she's one of my celebrity crushes so right uh but anyway yeah i am definitely down to see a young Christmas. Okay. Let's well, go. <laughs> when this movie came out in 2002, we didn't know who Kristen Stewart was. She wasn't. Yeah. And I saw it in yet. theaters uh, originally, but so this is the second time seeing it in theaters. Anyway. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the panic room. For them, it was the perfect home. I love you. But in a moment, everything changed. Left. You're gonna trust me. Have to risk everything. We will find you. Two-time Academy Award winner Jody Foster. Panic Room. Rated R. Yes. Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was a really tense theatrical experience. Everyone was on the edge of their seats. There were some gasps. There were some cheers uh, when people get exploded in the face, especially. And I just want to say off the bat that we finally watched a good movie. Woo, <laughs> we did been, it. <laughs> it's been a little while. Uh, it's been a rough decade or a rough, rough um, six week period that we've been in uh, the year 2002. 
So, you know, all fun and games with movies like Resident Evil, but this is a actual technical and cinematic achievement, dare I say. What did what did y'all think? I was hooked from the beginning. Yeah. It started off like a little slow and you're just like, okay, okay. But as they're walking through the house and doing like the tour and the camera's just like gliding around the house and like swooping through chairs and like the, ang- it's, it was really cool. It was a great movie. Through yeah. And through. Very yeah it, it, and throughout, like you said, true, it was a dark movie visually. And it was mm-hmm. really awesome. Cause at some point I, at, at sometimes I was like, come on, we need some light. I can hardly see what's happening. And then they would introduce light. And it would change the whole dynamic of it. Mm-hmm. And then also just some of the sounds from the panic room, the buzzing of the uh, neon lights and mm. very, very awesome. Yeah, the rain. There was good like this is probably the type of movie and, and Fincher being like such a technical perfectionist, the director of this movie, David Fincher. Uh, he was probably it, it really benefits from the theatrical experience or a big, a big screen and dark room. And it turns out that he wanted this to be (laughs) way darker. Somehow he wanted like the first half of the movie to be almost pitch black and then start introducing light throughout the movie. And he, he backed off of that a little bit, but. Okay. So I did pick that up a little bit from. from Yeah, it's. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's like when they're doing um. So, Ashley, I think you were kind of mixing two different scenes. One is when they're getting a, a tour from mm-hmm. the person to the, the like the two. They have their own real estate agent and then they have the person showing the house, I guess, is what's going yeah. on there. So they they give you all the backstory you need about kind of what's going on with these characters during that home tour where you learn that she's divorced and, or she has money from the relationship that she's, she's uh, leaving. And I guess she's going to be taking care of the, their daughter and she's buying like the most lavish brownstone in the upper West side of New York. I mean, this is primo property that was owned by a millionaire, which is why it has this hidden money <laughs> strange well hidden money uh and strange feature built into the house which is a panic room did you do you guys remember panic rooms being a thing in the early 2000s no i guess i mean not, we're not rich yes. enough to say we're not rich enough to like <laughs> yeah but in the news and stuff do you all, you all remember mm, i mean no. i i feel like i did real or you know hear about that but it was probably once this movie came out people started sure you know but also um shit totally forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) all good it'll come to you uh well so the writer of this movie was reading you know kind of news articles i made that or actually made that joke a minute ago about like the latest trend in home renovation but it really was this trend that i guess every every couple decades or so there's a new version of a storm a bomb shelter, a storm shelter, and in a home invasion safe safe room. So this could serve uh, to ward off, you know, all the home alone style invasions. Or in some cases, I guess these rooms were built to withstand weather events as well. So they don't yeah. really go into that in this movie, but well, and during yeah. during that uh, that walkthrough in the house mm-hmm. when Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart are there and they're you know uh 
the real estate agent and whoever owns the property were, were talking and they did mention something about who owned it previously and how they'd had like a falling out. So they did kind of introduce some some slight cues early on in the film. Yeah, they I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a, a jargony term to say it has like an economical script, but this is a really straightforward movie in the sense that it takes place in this one location. It's doesn't have unnecessary exposition. It, it all feels like really natural the way it comes out, especially for a movie that's got kind of a extreme concept like this. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so cool how they, how, how you're just thrown into the middle of this, like they buy the house and then this happens the first night yeah. they move in. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I thought when I, cause when we watched it, when we were younger, I don't, we watched it like, a, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure we're watching it. At home. And I, for some reason had it in my head that it wasn't the first night as a child. I was like, Oh, it was like they were moved in blah, blah, blah. But I, it happened like, you know, the night up, which is crazy. And that, that I love that it was filmed all throughout the night. And that was the entire movie too. Yep. I, when I first saw it, um, in whatever year it came out, 2002, uh, I do remember being super stoked that it just, the action started or, you know, the, the plot thickened up pretty quickly. It's not like mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the robbers or, you know, the folks that broke in were like, Oh, we'll come back another night. Kind of like home alone style. Mm-hmm. I, I know like, I was, oh, this is happening right now. Yeah. And it's yeah. And I like, I almost wanted more. I mean, like this is the right way to do it, but I was nervous. Uh, for the 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 family and i wanted yeah. to just like chill and spend more time like getting to have know their them. pizza <laughs> and have like one night one nice night and i did think sort of that maybe they were just casing the place at right. first when they show up but mm-hmm. they're just like pretty pretty indiscreetly breaking in um i mean it's so cool so this actually is where they do the next oh, the, yeah. the, the other camera move that you were talking about do you want to describe that i mean it kind of feels it looked as if you were kind of on like a roller coaster, like inside the house. It just felt very cool. It felt 3D, like you were there. Yeah. It like zoomed through like some CGI chairs to go to another room of the house. Through the like... handle of a coffee pot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was In the so kitchen. intricate and so cool. And it's... likely CGI'd in yes. yeah, for the just chair. Splits, yeah, for, for sure. split seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was almost a hundred. It's I, 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 I did more research on this movie than normal because uh, it was so like technically fascinating. It is all done. This is a this is a set that they built uh, the the house, and then they built the the three different versions of the panic room itself, and they created three D renders of of everything. So oh, okay, Fuck it's yeah. a combination. It's like it's all virtual. It's called a virtual camera. This is this is uh a type of shot that's you know gets a lot of attention in in you know tv if you even see it in in tv shows and stuff now just a long one or a one shot so it goes from like the bedroom where jodie foster is sleeping down through the house and and shows like the through robbers, the levels like, like through through this yeah through the floorboards then through whatever's in between the floorboards and the next in the ceiling from the the floor below or below yeah and, and then and yeah. Forrest Whitaker's characters like climbing, scaling the outside of the house. And it's 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 a couple minute shot. And there's no way you could you couldn't. The reason that Fincher was experimenting with this kind of technique is because he knew he was going to be in one location and he was going to be confined. So he yeah. was like, if you if you take away the constraints 
of having to actually move a camera around the house, you can film in it. You can get like any shot you want within this, this virtual setting. And it looks, it looks CGI enough to like notice, but also feels totally immersive. It feels, yeah, kind of like you're on a, a VR tour mm-hmm. or something. There's no way to describe it. I mean, if you're you not like somebody, if, if you're not analyzing a film in every, you know, shot like me, you would, yeah. you know, it does not take you out of it. Even Mm-mm. with me analyzing it, it was still just like, this really looks good. And then back, back to the film. Yeah. They, yeah. they did it, something and I'll, you know, I'll worry about it later. It's it's one of the many like tricks that that he employs. I mean, you've got these like security cameras that are up, so you're watching people on the camera like for a movie that takes place in a in a like uh 9 by 9 <laughs> panic room mostly and then in and also just one house. It just feels like way more dynamic and and uh, interesting than you would expect so really and really fascinating just kind of the the challenges behind that well and it took over 120 days to shoot which is extremely long um so you can tell that he took a lot of time and effort or they all did to make this a really good movie do we know how much it costs to make compared to other films because of the the constraints of the you know the set and the set set costs six million to create yeah. Alone. Okay. I, I want to say the budget right. was forty-eight million. And um, what is that in comparison to other films? Kind of. Yeah. Like well, like then. adult dramas that aren't superhero movies. You know, that's that's a pretty hefty budget. I mean, you know, like a superhero hero movie will cost hundred to two hundred million, but just a drama like this, if you don't count salaries, then you know. 20 plus million, 20 to 40 million is, it's, it's pretty standard for this type of movie. Okay. But you know, he thought that they were going to be able to save a lot of time by <laughs> planning out like all these shots and stuff. Basically he was, he did all the storyboarding uh, in a sense, virtually, like he was able to shoot or plan out everything he wanted to shoot. But then of course that, uh, that created all these complications because he had this very specific thing he was trying to capture. And then you have real people trying to fit into <laughs> his virtual shoot. And well, the, yeah. And you have and, kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like that. And like the video surveillance too, like linking that to like all the angles to people. That's so much work. Yeah. Continuity nightmare. He said like, it took two days to just film the scene where they break the, the, uh, the roof off of uh like under when they're trying to break into the panic room and they're and they're destroying oh the, yeah the roofing like because oh they gosh. have to like recreate all that um it's just yeah even the like shot alone where they throw in like um kristen stewart's like the medical bag for mm-hmm. her diabetes like her insulin shot it took 103 takes just to slide the bag into the room yeah correctly <laughs> <Wow. laughs> and, yeah, and it it's like exactly how the director wanted it like yeah s- super intense man it obviously paid off and we don't usually get this like nerdy about filmmaking. I mean, not that, not that we shouldn't, but uh, I just, I mean, it's just so such a remarkable part of this movie, but absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. also just, if you aren't really keyed in on any of that, it's just a really effective thriller, great performances. I mean, what did you, how did, what did y'all think of, of the acting and, and just kind of the, the setup of the story itself? 
The actors are incredible. I mean, Jodie Foster's just, I kind of forget how good of an actress she is. Yeah. Because I don't see her in that many things. And every time I do, I'm like, oh, she's very good. Um, Originally, it was supposed to be Nicole Kidman, which would have been interesting. So they filmed with her for like uh, a couple of weeks beforehand. And then her knee was still bothering her from Moulin Rouge. So she had to pull out of the movie. But I think Jodie, yeah, too much dancing. But I think Jodie Foster did an incredible job. And Kristen Stewart, who I don't even, sorry, Derek, don't think is the best actress. (laughs) In those Twilight movies and stuff, I haven't seen her in a lot. Eventually, and she was fine. Um, I thought she was really good as a kid yeah, actor. Agreed. It's so. I mean, this the, we have this argument with our friend Oliver. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Derek, but it's like, okay. I, I guess because the Twilight movies were massive, and everyone in those movies is stiff and wooden and kind of mm-hmm. like giving a very generic performance. That's just what she gets remembered for. I mean, yeah. I'm in, anyway, she's well, just kind of like she, Nick Cage. Yeah. People disliked Nick Cage for a long while because of the National Treasure films. Well, and, some other and, ones. and there are some, you know, <laughs> there are some critiques that you can have against both of them. But like, look at Nick Cage now. He's yeah. destroying it and, and owning yeah. it up, owning it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kristen Stewart is also doing the same. Just at a yes. younger age. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. parallel because they're like one's a really big actor actor or gives really big performances, and the other one maybe was criticized for <laughs> not doing enough. But but yeah, she's she's very good at playing kind of like confident, uh capable kid in this movie for, for most of it. And then uh she becomes kind of like part of the 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 plot in the sense that you know she has diabetes and, and needs an insulin shot so that becomes kind of a motivating factor for them to have to leave the panic room at one point and yeah. her performance when she was going what what would you call it it's not anaphylactic shock but uh lack of insulin yeah. I, I don't going, know i don't she's know having some kind of seizure yeah you're yeah. going yeah. into shock of some, yeah. of so some sort her her like neck muscles and stuff were super tense and it she did such a great like performance mm-hmm. there when she was uh going through that shit it was interesting yeah. she was really good and even well force whitaker is an incredible actor but he's like a likable robber which pretty hard i feel like to pull off in certain instances yeah it helps they Stewart him stands up for him a couple times like don't shoot him yeah, I wanted him well, to escape, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. About, <laughs> well, too. let's talk about the bad guys. So, I mean, they thought like we talked about that. Kind of seemed like maybe they were just like casing the place, but then they just go straight into the house. Um, well, they Forrest Whitaker has to like go through the the ceiling and then this like skylight thing, and then he just lets him in the front door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, essentially. But but then they're they they don't even realize that anyone's going to be there. So their plan right. was to to do this while it was unoccupied. So a lot of movies like this, you know, they get thrown, these bad dudes get thrown into an unexpected situation for them. And then they respond very poorly. Um, yeah. Or they, or they leave well, he, and come back. Well, he tries, Forrest Whitaker tried to leave. But. Yeah, they should have left and, you know, maybe waited till they were, they were gone or something um, mm-hmm. because they got bit off way more than they, had planned for and were capable of of controlling and but, and then also know that there's a panic room there well yeah. yeah so uh jared leto's character is coming going to try to well figure he thought it was going to be easy to go get this you know three million dollars it ended up being much more than that yeah 
Uh, and we're not expecting anybody to be there. But then Raul comes and Raul's mm. kind of this fucking wild card who yeah. I, th- I think kind of Oof. there were so many points where it's like just uh, it, it was frustrating in a way to to break down the plot. But they should have left, come back at a different time. Well yeah. well, yeah, obviously that and wouldn't make for a good movie, but but that exactly. would be logical. Uh, but mm-hmm. you you mentioned Home Alone earlier. Did you get some Home Alone vibes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was I forget what uh, I was reading something that David Fincher <laughs> said, and and he like wanted this to be compared to um, some classic like uh, thrillers, and he was like, but I know after at the time that it's coming out it's i mean it's coming out well after home alone but just that being such a popular movie he's like it's probably going to get compared to home alone (laughs) i definitely thought of that (laughs) yeah well i mean the propane tank thing yeah it it has like the the same things that were really satisfying about home alone is like the characters using their ingenuity and like wits to outsmart the pretty so forrest whitaker's character is is clever and comes up with various plans throughout that make sense. The other two characters are just bozos. I mean, one of them, one of them is dangerous because he just doesn't really care what happens to, to anyone, including his partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jared Leto is just like a, a, a rich, like dickhead. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. So was he part of the family then? Yes. Okay. Cool. That's why I thought I was like, did I miss that? So he was part of the original, like him and his other siblings, but then the guy who owned that building kind of cut them all off, but he was going to get a share of it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like he's a greedy. nephew or a grandson or something. And yeah. he was going to get his share split like nine ways, the 22 million or whatever ended up being in there. Mm-hmm. And instead he, you know, was going to split it one or two ways or three ways or however, you know, they were going to work out. Uh, amongst themselves as thieves. Uh, all of this is to say, actually, like Forrest Whitaker, of course, comes off as a well, slightly yeah. <laughs> sympathetic figure compared to the other two complete like psychos or or horrible um, dickheads like Jared Leto's character. So he's just like doing it to help pay off some family debts or something. I forget a child custody. He's just money, money hungry as well. Yeah, but they even tied so as into like some family. like family like he has, like, reason. Court payments or something yeah. like that, and that's why he yeah. couldn't leave. That's why Jared yeah. Lowe tried to like. Yeah, I thought the ending. Oh, oh we, you're you're talking about Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. 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 Oh, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean the other two. Jared Jared Leto is so unlikable. I mean, he's yeah. meant to. Yeah. Meant for you to hate him the whole Still, time. Just a wimp. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful wimp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful with those terrible cornrows. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> after he gets the uh, the the propane burn to half his face. It's just part of his face. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You can't be deterred. Um, <laughs> I forgot to um, we don't need to play the scene uh, where they're doing. Well, actually, we haven't even really talked about the panic room itself. So let's go. Let's back up, Derek, and play that that scene where they give a rundown on the features. Uh, I didn't see these. I didn't see these until these are the ones I was saying start at the right time. So you don't have to worry about that. Oh, these ones are at the right time. Good job, Drew. Um, I also didn't see these there last night. Sorry. 
Well, that's because they weren't there last night. Right. I was just trying to prep. I should probably Call just... the panic room. What? A safe room. A castle keep in medieval time. I've read about these. They're quite in vogue in high-end construction right now. One really can't be too careful about home invasion. This is mm. perfect. The alarm goes off in the middle of the night. What are you going to do? Call the police and wait till Tuesday? Trapes downstairs in your underthings to check it out? I think not. Ford concrete walls? Buried phone line not connected to the house's main line. You can call the police, nobody can cut you off. You have your own ventilation system, a bank of surveillance monitors that covers nearly every corner of the house. This whole thing makes Oh, we cut off Jody. So that's just kind of that's the 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 two real estate people mostly talking, but going over the features, like Derek said, there's green laser, there's like motion sensors, there's like uh nine cameras. There's outside ventilation. So if you get uh, smoked out by a propane tank improvised, <laughs> then you can still breathe out of a, a rainy uh, vent tube. And there's fire blankets so that when you uh, light that propane on fire to thwart the invaders <laughs> and burn Jared Leto's beautiful face halfway off, you can um, hide under the blankets and uh, save yourself. Fine. Yeah. There's also a telephone line that is not hooked up to the main line. So it has yep. its own line. And unfortunately, it wasn't tell, hooked up to anything. What they didn't tell <laughs> Jodie Foster when she was buying the place is that you need to activate that shit. Oh, no, she knew. Yeah. She just didn't do it yet. Oh, so yeah. She just hadn't. Because you don't think like, first oh, night. it's the first night. I need to activate both phone lines. That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. That, I mean, it's this. And she had a cell phone. So, yeah, that makes sense. It was just such a, I mean, such an effective like escalation of the tension. Like, you know, as she's getting like, she's getting drunk and she's like futzing with the security system is not going to be able to figure everything out that Mm -hmm. night, especially with how complicated it is. And then by the time that she like, I think the, the way they do that, they initiate that camera shot that we described is like, she kind of falls into bed. And then the camera like falls from where she is down and and to the bottom floor. And, and then it's just, it's just on from there. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, like there's several situations where there's maybe opportunities for them to use a flashlight to communicate with the neighbor through that, that uh, ventilation hole Mm -hmm. and the neighbor kind of sees it, but then ignores it. They do yeah she does retrieve her cell phone and she calls the ex-husband right yep no yeah no, this the cell phone never works no no she uses the cell phone to hardwire to the the other phone to the line the no, no, she, it does work. no no so they she snags the phone line for the one that's activated two and she she wires it together with the phone right. line that's in the yeah. panic room so it's not the cell phone it's actually the landline correct yep yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So Did, were we all in, in agreement? There? Well, no, I, the I cell was, phone never works, right? Yeah, but they I thought she this... was using the but she was using her cell phone to call her husband, right? Through the no. So I couldn't remember how she was wiring it, but Jared Leto's dumbass doesn't cut the actual phone lines. He just like disconnects <laughs> the kitchen phone. Yeah. And so <laughs> she's able to wire to hardwire the the panic room phone into the main lines right. and barely get a call out. To 911 her, puts her yeah. on fucking hold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he he eventually shows up. Um, 
and of course gets thrown into the gets used as a way to manipulate her and try to lure them out of the out of the panic room but it's cool that he turns out to be at least in what we find out about the movie obviously their relationship it's assumed that that he was cheating on her yeah and he found you know and he's definitely with another woman now played by Nicole Kidman. Voice of, yeah, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Really? Yeah, so, yeah, they worked her into that one phone scene. Nice. But he does seem to be totally like, well, uh, uh, standing up for the right things once he's there. He's like telling her not to come out. And, you, you know, he seems like, just like I'll die yeah. for you, essentially. Yeah. Or I'll get the yeah. shit kicked out of me. Hardcore. Just don't. Come I, out. I really like that part a lot because it does just because somebody cheated on you doesn't mean that they don't care about you and vice versa. It's kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't mean that he's like hates them. I mean, like, right. yeah, and, their and relationship not a didn't work out at the core. It's just, yeah, yeah. You know, he fucked her over in a different way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, there's some nuance there. It's not just treated like he's like a, a monster, which yeah. is, is good. There's one more scene I want to play because we've talked a lot about some of like, the more action-packed and, and technically dazzling scenes, but there's also just really good writing. So mm-hmm. I feel like this scene with the when she's talking to the cops kind of captures oh, so the, the writing of the movie. There are three things that I will do for you if you come over here and jump into bed with me right now. Thank God I came to my senses. Because the last I thing that she said to her ex said all that was, hung up. there are three men. So nobody would ever have to know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Unless, of course, two policemen came to my door in the middle of the night, interrogated me. So, Rick, you want to go? What do you want to tell you which three things? Ma'am. I love yeah. that cop. Yeah. So you one, you get to hear some of the additional ambiance. It's it's yeah, pouring down rain throughout yeah. the whole movie, which I mean it's one night, so it's pouring down rain all night, which muffles the sound and adds another layer of atmosphere to the proceedings but make some of the fucking loud noises that they were making make more sense because once they open a door it's like oh shit you know somebody crossed the alleyway would never have heard anything because it's pouring down rain and when they're sneaking into the house in the first place yeah yeah makes it plausible that she wouldn't hear them like they're having a conversation downstairs yelling almost (laughs) yeah 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 there's a few i mean obviously any movie like this take some liberties with uh logic the biggest thing i think is kind of the the architecture of the house in terms of how quickly they're how quickly or not quickly people are able to get from (laughs) one room Mm -hmm. to the next and how they're somehow able to get to the panic room in the first place uh when one they know not only do they know there's a panic room there they're there to get to the panic room right so why didn't they go straight there yeah, uh, good, good and question. guard it or just get go <laughs> go after their prize. Yeah, but they will allow them to get locked in there and, and then, then leave it twice. <laughs> yeah, leave it and get back in. And then the dude's hand gets trapped in the, the panic room door, which is awesome. Well, Raul um, is new, so he doesn't know the logistics of it. Yeah, he doesn't really care. He's just there to like 
you Merc, know, Merc, murder and get money. Yeah, <laughs> murder and money. Yeah. So, so the uh, but so that that scene yeah. that we just walk watched. Yes, uh, the cops visiting. How did how did that play to y'all? Because we didn't do a great job of setting it up. I mean, like, why does she have to lie to the cops? And and did y'all find that effective? So the robbers told her. So Kristen Stewart at this point is locked in the panic room with two of the guys. Jared Leto's dead. Got shot in the face twice. Which is awesome. Which was really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and they told actually actually still into him. Don't worry. Still into it. Uh, no no no. <laughs> So Bless. they told Jodie Foster's character or the mom that if cops ever show up, that they will kill her daughter yeah. or Rahul will kill her daughter, essentially. So the cops are called by her husband a while ago before he came to the house. because He knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. They show up. And then that clip is basically her trying to be like, no, like everything's fine. Like nothing to worry about. And the cop, which I thought was really smart, was like, if something's going on, like if you just blink a couple of times really quickly, we'll know. So I'm not sure. I mean, they, it's not like they did could she hear or didn't and there she? Was, there was a very intense shot where that just shows she her didn't. face and she looks estranged, but she does yeah. not flinch. And then she starts talking a little bit more shit to the cop. Yeah. yeah. But that and cop I, was that cop knew something was up. They knew. Well, they already yeah. knew. I mean, she had a 911 call. The neighbors saw that light. Like, there's a lot of things going. The husband called, you know, like there's something that they knew. But I wish she could have like said something like. Yeah, if I let you guys in, they'll kill my daughter. So well, don't kill Kristen Stewart. Save her, you know. <laughs> but like it, they couldn't hear her, so I don't know. You know, I mean, it adds to the suspense, I guess. It was such a, a perfect encapsulation. But... Well, I, 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 yeah, I know. I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like, it was a super tense scene where all she's doing is talking to a cop, and you're just intently staring at her face to see if she does try to like wink mm-hmm. and yeah. signal to them or just blink. Because they can't see on the camera if she blinks, and and the the cops know that she they 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 are like imagining she's in the exact situation that she she's in, but she says she comes up with the only possible excuse that will get them to go away, which is like reveal something really personal and kind of embarrass them for even asking mm-hmm. her in the first place. Yeah. 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 And then like, what can they say to that? Like, you just May- made me reveal something super intimate. And now, you know, stop prying into my personal life. You, you know, know may, now it kind of I mean, in the moment when I was watching it for the second time with you guys in 20, 2002, when we traveled back. Yep. She did say you are doing a good job, like you're doing a great job being an officer and you you're very I, I forget exactly what she said. Maybe that's what. What got it's the like, cop well, eventually, but there wasn't really any indication that anything she said would say one or the other. Yeah, it yeah. was it was pretty, pretty down the middle in terms of whether she tipped it off at all. I I, I, I can't say definitively one way or the other. Yeah. But at the end, they did say that, like, they had a call. They heard noises from neighbors and like all this other stuff. So they didn't yeah. mention her. like saying- Well, they they said that when during that confrontation. Yeah, they said, remember. you know, oh, yeah, they listed the neighbors, off all the neighbors the heard yelling, like, yeah. um, some disturbance. And then, mm-hmm. you know, your ex called us. Anyway, let's, um, yeah, let's get to the let's get to the end. So, Ashley, you said you were upset that <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. So uh, both of the, the really shitty bad guys get killed. Um, the other guy gets killed, right? Raul? Yeah, yeah. Force Whitaker shoots him. 
He comes yeah, back to save the family right. and he shoots yeah. him in the face. Yeah. Okay. So another nice kill. Yeah. yeah there was some, there was the, some the, actual gore and, in in bloody murders in this movie. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of a tradition, a more traditional, like, I don't know whether to say horror or like home invasion thriller style finale where the, they're trying like, they have him knocked down and he of course gets back up and, and is re- wrestling knocked with down Jody and he Foster. Get back up again. Yeah, exactly. A little <laughs> chub thumping. Or chub thumping. <laughs> that thumping. sounds that sounds really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so um Force Whitaker, yeah, redeems himself to some extent by coming back and and saving Jody Foster's life. And he also had already redeemed himself by at least administering the insulin shot to uh, Kristen Stewart's character and, mm-hmm. you know, having enough compassion to not kill an 11 year old girl. So yep. good for him there. Yep. He's probably got one of his own. And so, yeah, we see him like running away after that. And you wanted him to escape. Yeah. With the $22 million. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel or, bad for the, yeah. I would say, or he could have like lost the, the papers could have flown away in the wind and he could have just escaped without the money or something sure i mean i don't care about like the rich person keeping their money obviously or or any of that but i thought the ending was more challenging this way because you are rooting for him Mm -hmm. to some extent like that's the the movie does a really good sneaky job of getting you to kind of like forrest whitaker's character but i think the 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 just outcome (laughs) is that he does get busted yeah and he yeah he doesn't get away so it would have been unrealistic for him to get away did you think that kristen stewart's character during that once or um any character was gonna try to be like hey don't arrest him kind of like they said don't shoot him yeah i think they i mean i mean she he had just saved her mom's life and saved her mom and 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 you know he had saved her as well so like they definitely had sympathy for him but I think him getting arrested was a little bit of like just when the audience thinks like everyone's going to get a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to true, not get true. a happy ending. This is like the just, yeah, he was truly outcome. a criminal. Yeah. yeah and and could have left happy, at any point and he didn't die. So that's good. He didn't yeah. die. And he got to, he got to redeem himself in the sense that, you know, he saved them from, I mean, he, he didn't arrange the whole thing, I guess. Well, actually, he kind of did because he's the one that installs these panic rooms. So he was yeah. he was instrumental to the plot, but he never had intended for anyone else to be there and he would have left. And and he wasn't so, expecting Raul to be there. Kept no, making exactly. some really good with jokes. With a gun. Yeah. Making, <laughs> uh, Zorro. Shit. Anyway. So I yeah, thought that because Raul, Raul was the only one wearing like a ski mask the whole time. I kept thinking the whole movie that they would... that he would know them or like Jodie Foster and the kid or something would be tied mm. to like them. But that never was the case. I was like, well, is they it the made, husband, ex-husband? They but made the husband. twist, the Jared Leto thing. I mean, in a sense, he was yeah. he was related to the, the family that that they were stealing from. So mm-hmm. that was one twist. And anymore probably would have been gimmicky, I guess. But yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously we have loved this movie. Are there any scenes we forgot to to highlight or should we go into your poetry corner? Oh, this movie's so good. I don't have anything, but it's a really good movie. Agree. Yeah. I'm right, ready right. to, I just finished the Toblerone that I got during our movie. It was Ooh, amazing. Nice. 
uh, I'm definitely down for some coffee and some poetry. All right. All right. Okay. Poem time. Um, a mother and daughter moved to the Upper West Side. I actually don't know if it's West or East, but I'm just saying West for my poem. It's West. Okay. Oh, perfect. I thought that was part of your poem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the beginning. <clears throat> a mother and daughter moved to the Upper West Side and choose the most expensive place to reside. Insert a beautiful home that's a billion floors and even contains a high-tech panic room. What a score. With an award-winning Jodie Foster and a baby Kristen, what could go wrong? Here come the men. Enter Rahul, Burnham, and Junior looking to get that old money, which is hidden in the panic room. Yummy, yummy. So when the robbers, <laughs> so when the robbers break into the house, where does the mom and her daughter go? That little mouse? To the extra sturdy room filled with panic. Yeehaw. How are they going to break in? Let's try with hammers, gas, sadly not a chainsaw. In the end, it's baby Stewart who needs her insulin or she'll die. So Jody runs out of the room and this might be a forever goodbye. But Eureka, it isn't. <laughs> and a whole bunch of shit happens. Two out of the three robbers kill each other with shots to the head. And the only one you're kind of rooting for ends up arrested. Mm. Now on to find another place that isn't riddled with blood and history. Some place that's quiet, quaint, and hopefully lacking mystery. Yeah. So two things. Beautiful poem. That's not that's not one of the two. One thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. <laughs> uh you something that's novel about this movie i think i mean you know probably not one of a kind but the female leads so the mother daughter combo being really strong and capable yeah. i mean like mm -hmm. kristen stewart has a uh, illness or you know like uh, an something ailment. that an ailment that makes her vulnerable but like they're both really it's just two strong heroines at the center of the movie it. they're supporting each other kristen yeah. stewart's kind of a badass you know teenager yeah it checks yeah. her mom and then her mom kind of checks her too it's and i kept waiting for kristen's or yeah kristen stewart's mom to like freak out because she was like you just need to calm down and i was like does that mean she has like episodes where she like is claustrophobic and stuff like that like but nothing well, ever happened well they yeah, have been, yeah. they have like a ticking time bomb tied to her wrist i mean they make it pretty explicit like that well, whatever her Stewart, but I thought for some reason like her mom also had some type of like, Agreed. but she was just freaking out about her daughter. Yeah, when oh, when they when gotcha. she was first buying the house, uh, mm -hmm. they locked the the doors. The yeah, she was like, she let was me like, out can you of please here. let Get me, me out. out, please. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. So I exactly. thought she was gonna have some type of claustrophobic like episode, but she didn't. Yeah. So. Well, I think I think it was like a a vicious circle where if Kristen Stewart early on was like, "Mom, don't freak out. You're gonna freak me out." And mm, so, like, yeah. if Jodie Foster freaks out, that's going to put her daughter in danger. Like, when she's so, rummaging through the, the supplies and stuff, that freaks Kristen out. Right, right. So, okay. So, that, that, so Jodie Foster is being even more of a heroine by holding back her fear of being claustrophobic, like being stuck in a yeah. small place for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's rising. Oh, yeah. That rising makes it even better. Deep to the occasion and then the other thing is this movie again perfect uh simple screenwriting it comes full circle i, I wasn't sure how the movie was going to end it has a little bit of a happy outdoor you know mm -hmm. daytime epilogue <laughs> that ashley described alluded to where they're browsing for new apartments but the movie starts with them moving into this house and then ends with a nice you know full circle moment of them picking out a new a new residence so that was i just thought was a perfect little you know visually different than the rest of the movie happy bow to put on on and there's some on, light 
Well, <laughs> yeah, there's the literally very, just light for the, the very first time. beginning of this film. We don't have to talk about it because uh, I know we're almost to our favorite segment. <laughs> but the uh, the the credit sequence introduction was very, oh yeah was was yeah. the um what Manhattan not skyline but in within Manhattan like shots from certain buildings with the mm-hmm. with title screens and everything blah blah blah. That yep. was pretty light. And then but just with eerie music. So that was like first light that you got to see. And then it went to black until the very end. Yeah. 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 Good point. Yeah. That was an interesting sequence as well. Um, just giant like CGI block letters on top of like <laughs> the New York skyline. So mm-hmm. just a just a, one of the cooler movies we've watched i feel like oh so hell yeah if we're Absolutely. if we're spending extra time on it that's <laughs> that's why but derek you're right it is time for our favorite segment rank the blank each week we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites but before we do that we have a new sponsor this week a sponsor that i didn't tell you guys about and i want you to guess <laughs> what they do based on their name. Okay. So this is an Australian company, as you'll hear in their marketing materials, but it's called NADS. I can't tell for sure if they have an apostrophe S or it's just NADS. <laughs> but what do you think NADS is good for, Ashley? Candy. And I'm asking you because it's targeted at women. Oh, so it's not candy. It's Nair, but NADS. Oh, well, Derek spoiled it. So good job. No, oh. no, no. I, I didn't know that. Oh, how, how would damn. I know that? You did it? I, well, I, no, oh. how would I, I? How would I know that? I thought you. I thought you. I thought you looked at notes the, uh, anywhere. No. Uh, okay. You, so you, you can't nailed eat it. it. I mean, exactly I do. I do is. see a picture of a woman wearing a uh, a uh, business suit uh, <laughs> with some plants, and then the ocean in the background. But and that you're just picturing her lack of hair. Yeah. Air doesn't scream nads for short shorts like nads. Maybe it's nads. For business uh, suits, maybe maybe Nads has a slightly different connotation over. I feel uh, like I've seen this over there, though. Maybe that's but why. Have you heard of Nads, Ashley? No. Okay. That's why I said well, candy. All right. Well, <laughs> Nads. It's Nair. It's our official fake sponsor. You already. Yep. All right. Hi, I'm Sue Ismail. With all natural ingredients from my own kitchen, I created what I believe is the best no-heat hair removal product on the market. Use anywhere on the body. There's a reason why Nair. Oh. No, it's the not quite Nair. Product in I stores. think it is. No, Nair doesn't require wax strips. I made it for my own daughter. We still make it in our hometown in Australia. That's true. Nads, in Australia, I'll date you. She's probably 40 now. Nads is still around, by the way. Now available hmm. at drugstores nationwide. Okay. So they could right. still be uh they could be an actual sponsor. Just saying. I mean I really did not cheat there. <laughs> that was an incredible job. Uh I win. There's <laughs> an obvious obvious joke here. Um Nads for short shorts. <laughs> Can you put Nads on your Dads? <laughs> Nads? I don't know. <laughs> and we'll leave that to the audience to find out. So yeah, pop into your local drugstore and get some nads now and if you understand what we're saying comments on our instagram <laughs> post at new release podcast yeah follow along so this week's rank the blank is going to be best room in the house so the we talked a lot about the features of the 
room at the, the star <laughs> of the panic room is, is <laughs> panic room. And we wanted to kind of look at some interesting features from other movies, other cool rooms from, from movies. I was thinking that this could be approached like in a sense of uh clue, like think of the different rooms that are available in a house. It could be a feature within a room. So just to nerd out on movie architecture for a bit. So Ashley, do you have any examples for us before we get to our choices? Yeah. So we have like Batman's like man cave, which would be pretty cool. Um, a, yeah, a man cave to cool the extreme. Um, and then you have this bedrooms with lots of different characters, like with lots of character, like an Amelie that I mentioned the, the other week. Mm beautiful bedroom um there's a finished attic with like the toys and the carpet and like the whole space to yourself home theaters are pretty cool then there's like indoor swimming pools like cruel intention saunas mm-hmm. um lots yeah. of spaces <laughs> yeah so um like we said if you want to contribute to rank the blank every week you can follow us at new release podcast on instagram but let's just get into it for the first nominee, it always comes from the movie itself. So you can have your very own panic room with Ooh. surveillance cameras, with lasers, with hand-severing steel reinforced beams, Yay. with uh, secure phone lines that aren't hooked up. So I want to ask y'all before, real quick, like, does the idea, I know Derek has a few, like, uh phobias and and some people are kind of paranoid about home invasions like does the idea of a panic room appeal to y'all no we didn't even talk about this i don't want one i feel like i'd be even more scared and i'd use it all the time even if it was nothing i don't like that (laughs) right you don't want to give yourself the option to (laughs) yeah well i just i don't know i think i'd always be like oh what's that let me go into my panic room and then it just become a thing where i'm just always scared you, you <laughs> yeah. set your bed up in the panic room and just watch yeah. the cameras every single yeah, day. Yeah, I think I become like extra paranoid. And, and the, your no, insulin is you. essentially like grabbing some cereal and milk from the fridge. Yeah, just and just like run out. in, run back out. Yeah, slide. <laughs> well, in there. I mean, you do you make a good point that like, by if you invest all the resources into a bomb shelter like we saw in in uh, Blast from uh, the Past yeah. or a panic room, you're going to convince yourself. I mean, in this case it was immediately useful to <laughs> Jody Foster and her family, but it was also the reason they were there. So maybe you don't have a panic room that is also a treasure chest that will attract robbers. But um, anyway, uh, that's, that's the nominee from the movie. Ashley, what is your nominee going to be? Not a panic room. Um, I'm going with the kitchen. So it's where everyone like meets together, enjoys food, drinks, um, my call would be to practical magic. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but the kitchen's incredible. Oh yeah. It's like a beautiful, um, I don't even know. It's a huge house, but it's a beautiful kitchen. There's a big Island in the middle. They're like congregating in the middle, like having margaritas and like dancing around and just having a really good time and kitchens where all the food is. So why wouldn't I want to be there as my favorite room? <laughs> yeah. Well, you just made a friend of the podcast, Jamie's day. Uh, I recently watched this movie with her for the first time for me. What did you and, think? Oh, I, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I yeah, love the house. I love like they keep showing that shot of the house with the moon and the, in the backdrop. Yep. It's, um, it's Derek and I were recently on a road trip with, with James and we were going to go visit the Island where they filmed it. 
actually. It oh, yeah. was really close to where oh, we were looking in looking Seattle, at a car. Washington or close to yeah. Seattle, Washington. Yeah, in in oh. in uh, on the Washington shoreline. So yeah, great choice, Ashley. Yeah. For me, I've always been very enamored with the concepts. Uh, this is like a 70s, mid-century modern home feature that you see uh in the likes of like Scarface, Back to the Future 2, which is kind of making fun of a Scarface type character. And then this Italian horror movie, which I love, uh, Tenembre, which is a sunken living room. So oh. do you all know? Also shown in what other film? You have to mention it because it's in your notes. Oh, Back to the Future. Here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I said it. Oh, you already said that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was Two. talking fast. Do y'all so, know what I'm what I'm talking about when I say sunken living room? I know I posted a link, yes. but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're walking a stair oh. to down to the living room from ground from base floor. It's basically an in ground pool minus the pool minus the water. Yeah, <laughs> in Fun. your in in your living room. Sometimes they're circular and they have like wraparound couches. They always they're basically always like wall to wall couch. Once you get down there, it's. I've never been in one personally. I would love to like experience like, does it feel weird when you're in the sunken part and someone's in the, uh, not the sunken place, but (laughs) the sunken part of your living room and someone's in the kitchen, like, and you're staring at their ankles. I don't know, (laughs) but it's not like when you stand up in a sunken living room, you're not over your head. You're it's like waist level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the height of a couch basically. So it just creates this really cool, like flat aesthetic. So your room looks super open. And maybe that's kind of where the original architecture idea came from. So you could have the feeling of like a wide open room, but also still have uh, seating in there. It's really lavish and it's the complete opposite of Derek's choice. So, <laughs> all right. So I've got three choices. We don't have yeah. to rank all three. <laughs> oh my god. Uh I'll let you guys decide which one I should choose. I like yes. the second one. Okay. Yeah. So, first things first. This was a difficult best room in the house rank the blank for me because there are three that I feel very strongly about. The first being big uh Adam Sandler's loft in Big Daddy where uh it's it's just amazing. If you just go watch watch the movie or just that part it's hard to describe, but he's got a very awesome loft in a warehouse, and it's ever since I've always wanted something like that, which I'm going to build something similar this weekend in my new apartment. So it's really it really is the opposite of a sunken living room. It's a, a yeah. lofted it's a lofted living space because it's not a loft in the sense of just I mean, the building itself is a loft, which is cool, just a wide open warehouse. But then within the warehouse there's a raised platform <laughs> that's got like his whole bed bedroom in that on that platform. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, all. And then the second option is the hereditary tree house and <laughs> yes. a lot of good you know, movie tree houses, but yeah. um, you, you would never fully understand. I mean, it, it is scary, but there's always somebody to hang out with in the tree house. Right. <laughs> Yeah, cult. there's always yeah. some sort of cult member hanging out and you get free LED lights. It looks like it's, super it's always cool. red or yeah. blue or purple. Yep. Um, and then the last one is uh, <laughs> Kristen Stewart <laughs> as Bella from Twilight. And it's her room. And when she lets me in 
because I'm a vampire and I need permission to enter. <laughs> okay, so that, not one that one sounds a little personal. Yeah, you know, a, a, a little like Kristen Stewart. If you ever listen to this, I am so sorry, but you're a great <laughs> actor. Don't let any of these guys. Um, I, don't, I would take and, the treehouse out of those. Yeah, the, the, people okay. people aren't Hereditary allowed to come with the room. Is not going to win. Okay, I'm going with Big yeah. Daddy's loft in New York City. Okay. That's the only one that has a possibility of winning. Well, that one makes sense because the other ones require kind of like either another person to be there or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, or evil. So, Ashley, where do you want to start? Let's start. I mean, with the panic. We room. usually start with the the movie. So, yeah, where do you think? Unfortunately, I put the panic room last. Good. No, yeah. no, no reflection on the movie. Love the movie, but I don't want a panic room in my house. Right. All right. I mean, I don't either. And I could see, like you said, even if you are paranoid about home invasions, rightfully paranoid in, in, in some cases, mm-hmm. like it would just be such a nightmare to have to get in there and, and, and just like wait it out or whatever. I guess if it worked exactly as advertised and you could immediately call the police. Great. Yeah. But yeah, that would be uh, mm-hmm. really disturbing to spend any amount of time in there. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Panic, panic room last last. Um, Derek, don't do this to me. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably rather have the lot, the big guys lost in New York City than a sunken yes, living room. Thank you. So. I would agree. Yeah, I, the, the, I do love the old 70s, maybe late 60s vibe of velvet. the sunken living room, but mm-hmm. or shag carpet, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, with it. the loft, a loft is one giant room. So, I mean, if if we're counting like the whole building, which is fair because it's that's the beauty of lofts is there aren't any walls then i can't really argue with you there i would i would love to have just a whole floor of a warehouse to to like build up and to build sunken things to build elevated things to build you know uh, hammocks (laughs) just whatever (laughs) mid mid tier uh, features order this nowadays right you don't have to build your hammock (laughs) no i i I know but i was just i was trying to think of something that goes in between a floor versus (laughs) sunken and elevated but yeah. Okay. Well, I'm fine with being third place or Ashley. So is it between big daddy's loft? <laughs> how, does that, how does Derek always find a way to work daddy into his choices? <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> just works out. So it's between big daddy's loft in your city and like a beautiful, huge kitchen. I haven't seen practical magic, so I'll let well, you click on. You should watch the clip that I put in there. You'll see the whole thing. It's well, awesome. well also if you just, win, sure. Wait, uh, Derek, maybe just answer based on like, an inspire a super inspiring like homey but like warm welcoming kitchen space with an island and just great kitchen vibes versus you know uh, uh, a, a cold loft, loft. dude I mean okay. I'm not making I, a case I am either way the clip. um this is this could be any kitchen but it's just <laughs> but it's just it's a room in general so like I would rather be in like a beautiful huge kitchen anywhere than a actually loft. this kitchen is pretty pretty amazing yeah, but awesome Derek okay. or Drew you have to decide because yeah thing. Drew go ahead and decide I I think I should actually I, anyway I'm not gonna say anything well, if else. I'm being honest with myself yeah I have to go with the loft yeah I know Ooh, I think I've been on a dry spell for about seven but the weeks. kitchen's so pretty I'm gonna yeah, bring no, some women I... up to my loft baby I'm big daddy <laughs> and, and then and we all you have is a microwave 
microwave in there and Big Macs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kitchen. No whatsoever. kitchen. No, or sunken, or microwave and hot pockets. Come on. Yeah. Good job, Derek. Finally, right. I have won one. It. It's you taken one in several a weeks. Yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised that I won. Well, cool. What, what do you got for us? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing. Well, I wasn't expecting to win, so I didn't pull up a clip. So Big Daddy uh, P newspaper scene. Oh, yeah. Not Classic. the rollerblading one. All right. Here we go. When this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Adam Sandler's waking up. Hi. Go back to sleep. Right? And this movie's so cute too. Well, I'm, I'm, Played I'm by twins. Ninety nine. I wet my bed. <laughs> this doesn't really describe the, the <laughs> loft, but yeah, a kid pees in it. It's filmed in it. No, he comes down from the loft in this. The song oh place? my god, yeah. Sweet dreams. Oh, because yeah. he peed in his dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so they go and down you know, from like, the loft and there's a bridge down to his second yeah, loft where the kid's sleeping. Alright. Wet dreams well, are made know, of these. And you know the kid is the one it's the sprouse kid, right? Okay. I'm putting in I'm putting in chat really quick. You you both have to just watch. I'm not gonna watch it. Just watch a little bit. You'll see it, why I love this this fucking warehouse setup. Well, I I've always been. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it. I haven't yeah, rewatched the awesome. movie since you brought this up, and I like could kind of picture it, but but yeah, it's a Badass. ridiculous space. Why does he have this space? Did they explain that in the movie? Is he super no. rich or something? Just because it's a it's a movie, and everyone lives in a loft in movies for some reason. Well, and it's probably a loft back then is like uh, you don't pay a lot. However, well, in movie, yeah, it's like a movie trope that people right like new girl. They live in in New York City and they live in an awesome apartment, but they're broke. That might have been a thing. People, which is kind of. Yeah, yeah, true. That might have been a thing in New York for like a week and then (laughs) it got cool. Like even that that crazy uh, demon movie we watched um, with the gargoyles. Oh, yeah. That dude had like a a ridiculous dark side. Dark side. Yeah. That guy had a ridiculous loft. I All right. won. Good job, Derek. You did it. Nice. Um, and thank you. You get a lifetime supply of nads. So Woo. thank you, nads. Our I'm gonna um, put some nads on my nads. Our fake sponsor <laughs> of the week. Thank you for supporting Rank the Blank. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Get yourself some nads now. Let's get back to our feature presentation. Perfect. Ashley, what are peeps on the street saying about Panic Room? They're peeping all about. They like this movie. It's good. It's getting really good reviews. Yeah, it's like 70 plus percent people like it. So that's pretty strong. Um, but I'd rather hear what Jodie Foster has to say. Oh, well, you can't, um, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe Not in a minute. Yet. So how's it yeah, doing oh, in the box office? Is it doing well? Yeah, it's, um, it's doing pretty good. It came in at number one with $30 million. So it's already wow. recouped a lot of that budget. I think it'll go on to gross close to a hundred million 
which is good, especially this is like the heyday of DVD uh, sales and stuff. So a movie like Fight Club that was a flop in theaters went on. Uh, David Fincher's previous movie before this would go on to be a massive hit on a massive cult movie because everyone's buying DVDs. I don't know if that's the case with this movie, but it's certainly uh, profitable enough for him to to keep working. Uh, so, yeah, Derek, Ashley would like to hear Jodie Foster's thoughts on the making of Panic Room. OK, let me call her up. <laughs> yep. Do that again. Actually, didn't go through. Well, hardwire it. There we go. Now, have you ever known any moment of panic roughly comparable to what your character had to go through? (laughs) Roughly. Absolutely not. No, I've never been in a situation like this. And I hope I never will be. You know, that's not (laughs) great. The great thing about being an actor is that you get to experience things in a safe environment um, that you wonder what kind of skills you might have in the real world. She is such a badass woman. Yeah. What we want is in that room. I tend to react, you know, proactive. That's good. Ah, to... Forrest Whitaker. Wait. Forrest Whitaker. Threat, you know. Yeah. You know, so times where I was threatened with, like, bodily harm and things, I reacted differently, probably. Okay. Horrible, right. horrible anyway, interview. Anyway, yeah. So. Sorry, Forrest. That was not your fault. Yeah. Or Joe. It was funny. I saw I saw the same inner type of interview with with Kristen as well and she was like yeah it was it was pretty like tense and scary like (laughs) making the movie and I didn't have to act that or I like it wasn't that hard for me to get into character Um, so anyway yeah lucky for Jodie Foster she has never been in that situation before yeah (laughs) damn she man threw me off I didn't realize how beautiful she was is yeah she's really pretty Dang. Um, and she was uh, pregnant during the this movie for part of it. That was part of the problem with the the scheduling and the filming. Yeah, they took a couple month break. She was like, it was real. It was weird how they phrase it in the in the articles I read. She like mm-hmm. didn't know <laughs> she she didn't know she was pregnant. So like five months into her pregnancy, she it said she found out. I mean, I guess that's how pregnancies sometimes work. Didn't sound super planned, um, but maybe I'm reading into it. And so they had to like pause shooting rather than try to shoot around her being pregnant. They actually yeah. did both. <laughs> they, they shot it anyway. And then they Which reshot it because months later. Early 2000s, I would question whether or not, you know, uh, film companies would put shit on hold because a woman's pregnant. Sorry. to It was bring a little cynical. Here, okay. I mean, but maybe I, she I, did know and she didn't want to tell anybody. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. obviously her prerogative. I don't think they were doing it for no, the right reasons. Put, they wanted different possibilities. I read that they weren't happy that like she was covering up more because there are a couple like scenes in this movie that show off some some cleavage and show off yeah. her figure, and they didn't want her um, wearing a sweater instead of a tank top. <laughs> yeah, is what I read. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that but, sounds like uh, two thousand two film she still she was, comes off as a badass it's not a, it's not shot in any kind of like exploitative way and in, in my mm-hmm. opinion I mean, yeah, there I was agree. one shot where i was like as w- a kid you would typically see these shots where it's like okay you're obviously going to show a little mm-hmm. you know no nipple just boob boob top boob action yeah mm-hmm. you know that tb well <laughs> that, that top boob yeah the it was TBA. one of the one of the lesser <laughs> appreciated boobs. actually please jump so in here. No, you're good. All right. 
anyway, um, I think I know what everyone's going to say because we obviously really love this movie, but would you all consider it new release or old news? Would you recommend it to people or would you not? Three, two, one. New release. New release. New release. Yeah. Woo. And I think it's sort of forgotten. I've rewatched a lot of Fincher's movies. Um, I watched The Social Network on a regular basis. People talk about Seven and Fight Club, of course. I feel like this was not a movie people rewatch that. I mean, you know, no. No. that often. So I'm, I'm so very happy that we went and revisited it. Mm-hmm. Me too. It was, yeah. This is uh, one of my favorites of 2002. Well, that's saying actually, nothing. this is my favorite so far. <laughs> yeah. By far. Like, yeah. this is yeah. so solid. Yeah. Um, all right. So how early OOs one to two oh two is this movie? Considering fashion, music, actors, and tropes. Yeah, what do, what what do we got on the list so far? We've got Queen of the Dand, which we have to uh adjust for inflation or deflation. So I don't know what a 1902, I think a 1902 translates to 102. Yeah. Um and then Resident Evil is in 88 out of 202 because that's how many deaths there were right which is a very scientific way about doing it wait we're including the these ones uh we're just continuing for the the year no those aren't part of it there's you can just put a space i just didn't want to create multiple documents yeah no there you go yeah um so yeah I, i think this gets a solid 95 easy out of 202 90 195 okay well i'm just throwing out numbers ashley i don't know what we've learned disgusted what do you think well i'm not sure how to i mean i don't really know how to i don't know this is hard to rank panic rooms were all the rage in the the early 2000s the intro credits were some of the best cgi that we've seen so far in 2002 yep also Um, not saying much the the kills (laughs) the 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 brutal fucking gunshots to the head and blood splatter awesome yep um is forrest whitaker big in the 2000s when was I mean, green mile uh, is that even him in green mile isn't that forrest whitaker like, no i think no, that's no. michael oh, duncan man. michael um yeah I something that was, well i haven't seen it but i thought it was so i i think like this i was gonna say it's just a second ago with new release this movie could come out today and aside from you know, maybe there hasn't been like three features about everyone buying panic rooms in the papers, but like this movie yeah. could easily come out right now, which is a testament to its just timelessness. I, but still, it was also like Jared Leto, David Fincher, kind of at at hit the peak of his powers. I think it's like 150 ish out of two, out of 202. Okay, this is like our least exact scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what time did they break into the house and she looks at the alarm clock? Or what time did she wake up from? <laughs> the, it's um, four in the morning. She told the cops. Oh. She told the, she asked the cops what time it was and they said a little bit after four. No, not That's that when time. The cops when, they come, first, yeah. when she first looked at the clock, it was like 137. Yeah. Like, I was... We'll do 150 something. It's fine. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> we have to figure out like a new way to scale these, I think. because. Well, we're still learning what the hell cinema mean, what a 2002 or early 2000s yeah. movie means. I mean, it's kind of, so far it's been just like 150 is good then yeah okay. yeah because this was genre. by far the best but we're not sure but that doesn't best. matter we're going on how 2000s it is the, the best as far as like how 90 or 2000 oh interesting is. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, I know what I mean. well, okay. we'll do. Well, as Let's long as we have two in there. Let's <laughs> one fifty-two. Okay. All right. So awesome. What about our gift shop? So each week we take something from. Wait, the Wait. Let's go back to the score. No. <laughs> Just so each week we take something from the movie, and then we sell for profit in the new release gift shop. I have an idea of what we should sell. Uh, is it a is it a full size panic room? Because that no, might be costly. It's, oh, it's not costly. Um, is it a um bottle of Av- Evian? No. Uh, what is it? Is it a fire blanket? Is no, it Jared Leto's burnt, burnt flesh? Face. No, we have too much face stuff. I feel like for, <laughs> we have um, too much face stuff in our store. Sorry, true. No, I think we should have like a Rubik's cube panic room. So you like have to do all these things to it to unlock it, and there's like a good prize inside. Hmm. Like kind of like one of those like, do you remember those wooden boxes where you like move things yeah. around to like mm. try to figure out how to open it? And then there once you YouTube open it, channels. there's like a little thing. I think that would be cool. Like or YouTube channels where somebody's yeah. like, I tried the impossible wooden puzzle box. Yeah. So it'd be like panic okay. room puzzle box. What do you find like a $1 million like bond inside or something? No, you do not. It's a surprise. Everyone's different. Ooh, you can propose you to can... your, your significant other with it and put the, and if the they never inside. open it, then you never get to. Propose. Exactly. Yes. Have we, how about we put up, put some small life-size um, nads in the puzzle <laughs> box? No, oh, we'll man. do surprises. Okay, surprise nads. Got okay. it. Surprise, it's always nads. But one lucky person will get nothing. Um, all right. Which is, which is yeah, okay. much better. So, so you, you buy a puzzle box, but it's a Rubik's Cube and it's related to Panic Room. Yeah, it's like a Panic Room puzzle box, essentially. Okay. And yep. you have to open it up yourself. We'll give you instructions to put whatever you want inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. All cool. right. So what are we going to watch next week? Well, next week we have our own More full panic. circle moment. Yeah, we're going to be watching, uh, like we said, 2002 has been a little rough of a period. And, and one of our episodes was uh, we didn't watch a movie. If you haven't listened to our 100th episode extravaganza, you should definitely check that out. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And mm. this movie, I mean, could have easily. Oh, no. What I was going to say earlier is Fight Club could have easily made your list from last week, I feel like, or one of our list. So definitely. um, But anyway, next week we are watching a, the 10th in a long line of movies. The third of which I want (laughs) to say we watched as our second episode. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Are you following? One of our favorite episodes of new release ever was a Friday the 13th movie. I believe it was part three. I believe Corey Feldman gets his face burned off as well. And we are going to be watching. Yeah, he gets some facial disfiguration. We are going to be watching Jason X, which the X stands for extreme 11. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it might not be number 10. It should be called Jason in space. There's going to be a, lots of boobs. I think this movie might have been filmed in 3D. We're Perfect. going to find a 3D uh, screening of it for sure. <laughs> and we're going to rank the best kills. Yes. We're going to bring yes. back a different style of rank the blank for a limited time only. And I mean, what better way to cap off this very uneven, very <laughs> weird six week period that we've been in. So Jason X. Yay. Eric, yeah. Got a preview for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
coming soon. He is an unstoppable killing machine. I saw this in film or in theaters as well. The I've never seen it. I'm thankful that my dad took me to go see this stupid Uh-oh. shit. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. You saw this dude. Yeah, that's really good. Nice. Oh. More rock music. Why don't you stick your head out and have a peek? Oh no, worst idea. I honestly, this seems so stupid, but I cannot wait to watch this again. Yeah, that's oh, great. It's just such a uh, B slasher. Fuck well, yeah. Queen of the Damned and Resident Evil weren't so bad. They were good movies. They were no. just me. They were just mediocre movies. Yeah. I have a feeling this one is going to rise <laughs> to the the extreme occasion. So, if you want to listen to that episode, listen to the hundredth episode extravaganza. Listen to all future episodes. We're going to be going to a really um, a different decade than we've ever been to before. Soon in our next six week period. So. To join along for all of that, you can subscribe by searching New Release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Ashley? That's a wrap. It's like Hitchcock-esque. Oh, that was the movie he wanted people to think of, Rear Window. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Not Home Alone. <laughs> this is the uh, intro credits. Oh, okay. I was trying to picture. Howard Shore. We didn't <laughs> yeah, even say Howard Shore, Shore once. No, I'm not surprised in this case. He's not working with Trent Reznor yet. Oh.